we're back on the air here at CKUT 90.3 FM. I have Ernesto Cervini on the phone, who we were just hearing from. That's his band, Turbo Prop. Uh, how's it going out there, Ernesto? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Pretty solid. It's been a bit of a hectic episode of Jazz Euphorium, but uh, we're <laughs> we're hanging in there on CKUT. Um, can you tell us, uh, let's just um, get right to it. Can you tell us a little bit about this group and uh, some of the things you try and do um, compositionally here? Sure. Um, so Turboprop is uh, my sextet, and uh, it's uh, kind of a cross-border um, endeavor. There's two of the guys, Joel Fromm and Dan Loomis, are from, uh, who play saxophone and bass, are from New York. And then the rest of the band is based in Toronto, myself on drums, Tara Davidson on alto saxophone, William Karn on trombone, and Adrian Ferrugia on piano. And, um, yeah, the idea was I, I had recorded three albums with my quartet, which was basically the turboprop minus uh, William and Tara. And so, you know, saxophone quartet, basically. And uh, I wanted to have a little bit, I wanted to change it up. And then I decided it would be nice. I thought about adding a trumpet, but I, I couldn't think of the, the right person that I wanted to add. And then I thought about maybe adding another saxophone. And, and I, I thought about all these different things, and, I, and then I decided on adding William and Tara, both for their instruments they play and also just for the people and musicians that they are. I thought they would be a great addition to the band. Um, so we've been playing together for... Uh, four years now, maybe, and uh, we recorded our debut album a couple of years ago, and now this is our follow-up album. We've toured Canada a couple times, and we're hoping to do some jazz festivals this summer, and we're going to go back across Canada next fall, so we have some plans. Hmm. Great. Um, can you can you maybe walk us through some of the compositions on some of the things that were you were going for um compositionally with this album maybe through a couple of specific tunes that are sure interesting yeah so um one of the things that i do in the band is i uh i mean i write um i write my own tunes and so uh like my first album was i think all originals and i've been moving away from doing all originals and trying to do some other things and uh so there's a couple of my own originals on on the album Granada Bus, which you just heard, and then the title track from the album is called Rev. And then I invite everyone else in the band to write. Uh, and because we've been playing together for a while now, and we all have an idea of what the band does and what the band is about, uh, everybody's contributed at least one tune to the book now. And so there's a couple songs on there, uh, I guess three tunes by other band members. The first track on the album, The Libertine, was written by Adrian Ferrugia. And then... Um, uh, Dan Loomis contributed a song called Rantham, and then William Karn wrote a song called Arc of Instability. Um, and then and then the other thing we do is we play some standards and some covers and stuff like that. So we did um, Pennies from Heaven, which is a great standard, um, and we have two covers that we did, a song called No Rain, which is uh, by Blind Melon, uh, just big in the 90s, and then a cover of one of uh, Radiohead's B-sides, a song called The Daily Mail, which mm. I believe came out when they released In Rainbows. It was a B-side from that album, which would have been 10 years ago. This is the 10-year anniversary of that album. So, um, yeah. Yes, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of different um, 
feet in a lot of different pools, so to speak. Um, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you sort of like, do you think it, the, the identity of the band sort of naturally stays rock solid? Do you think it's um, maybe, I don't know, like how do you, how do you maintain sort of like an identity for turbo prop? Um, I mean, I, I don't, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, we, I think it's okay that we play a wide variety of stuff. Um, cause we approach it with the same, uh, intensity and musicality. Um, and I think it also reflects me as a musician and as a human being, I listen to a lot of different stuff. Mm. And so it's impossible for me to not draw from all of those this different, um, inspirations and, and experiences. So, uh, whether it's a Radiohead tune or, uh, on our first album, we did a song by Debussy that I had played on piano when I was a teenager, a beautiful piano piece. Um, so I think, I mean, I think that is the identity of Turboprop, or that is part of it, is that it, we, we play a, a wide variety of music, but we deliver it all in a kind of, you know, under the umbrella of modern jazz, whatever that means nowadays. It's a pretty big umbrella. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of. We I spoke to you about your group Myriad Three, um, back in the winter, I believe. Uh, what do you think the large? What sort of the difference is um, playing in a larger ensemble versus playing in that group? Uh, it's huge, huge difference. Um, I mean, the the way the two groups are even run is very, very different. Myriad Three is a collaborative project, so all three of us are equal, equal members, equal leaders in the band. Um, that's not the case in Turboprop. Turboprop's my baby. Um, I invite everyone else's input, but I make all the decisions. I do all the work. I, um, book all the tours. You know, I don't write all the arrangements. That's the only thing I don't do. And, uh, that's only when people, when people offer to write an arrangement. But, uh, so it, it works very differently. And then musically, it works very differently because, uh, when you're dealing with six people on stage, things have to be much more arranged. Hmm. Uh, although, to be honest, Myriad plays pretty arranged and rehearsed stuff. So, but it's it's arranged in a different way. Like, oh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then the other thing is Myriad rehearses every week, so the music is really is is really really developed. And uh, whereas Turboprop usually rehearses once before a tour Hmm. and then that's pretty much it we play i get the band to play as often as i can but you know with two of the guys living in new york it's it's hard um and then sometimes we'll do gigs around ontario and just use canadian not just but use canadian bands to fill Hmm. um the tenor sax and bass (laughs) chair just because i can't afford to bring them up um, so we do get to play fairly recent, uh, fairly often. I try and keep the band fairly busy, but again, it's, uh, it's not like Myriad where we're rehearsing every week. I don't know many bands, um, like jazz bands that rehearse weekly. Um, mm. and I, and we just felt like that was a really important thing. Hmm. And do, do you think maybe the, the more space between sessions with this specific group, inspires more of like an improvisational approach or like what sort of differences do you notice when it's like been a while since you guys have played um and you're getting back to back into sort of the groove of turbo prop 
yeah, I think absolutely everything's uh, pretty fresh, and um, it's a. It also it brings us all a lot of joy to get back together and play. To play. It's like you know, it's like getting the gang together again, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, this is so fun!" And I remember, you know, so uh, like part of that's also just that the band gets along really, really well. We all really love each other, so. There's a great band vibe um, on stage, off stage, all the time, and uh, so yeah. There's there's a, I would say there's a much there's there's a lot of room for improvising, and there's a pretty um, it's pretty loose. I mean, when I say it's more arranged, it's basically you know the heads and stuff, and and who's going to solo and what kind of has to be arranged because there's six mm-hmm. people. So, um, but. You know, sometimes the horns will improvise backgrounds for things, and 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 people will do different things, and then you know people will forget the arrangement. So even though it's pretty arranged, sometimes people just do other things, and that's great too. Hmm. Yeah, and what uh, maybe could, could you talk? Do you think anything specific maybe is uh, different between this record and the first record with the band? Um. Yeah, I think. The, the hmm, I mean, I, I was going to say, I feel like the band sound is a little more developed. That's a little bit of a cliche thing to say, but but I really do. I feel like we've we've toured a couple more times since we recorded that first album. We understand each other a little bit more. Uh, the other members of the band are are more comfortable to to lend their opinions and their arranging ideas. So, and and to be honest, I feel like this album's is a little more joyful. Um, the other album was kind of heavy. There was a lot of ballads on it. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a little bit of a heavy album. It's still fun. I really like the first album. I was really proud of it. But um, this one just seems a little more uh, joyful. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if... I think that was partially due to just things that were happening in my life at the time and, and just circumstance. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I do get the sense that you really. Um, I don't know. I feel like the accompaniment for each solo is pretty. Like, I, I don't know. It seems like you very much know who you're playing with. Whenever you're like accompanying a solo as the drummer, um, do you think that your your sort of like individual relationships within the band are stronger too? Sure, absolutely. Um, and and the other thing is, we always record at the end of a tour. Mm. Or not, well, no, I was going to say not always, but yeah, we do. We always do. And I, I try and make sure that I do that with every band that I'm in if I can. So, you know, we've just played together for a week and a half when we, when we go into record. So I really know, um, you know, I'm playing specifically for that soloist on every solo. And, and I'm accompanying them and, and trying to, you know, change my accompaniment for who whoever it is um so yeah and and that that grows over time and then also like it grows in that short 10 day 15 day period when we're touring and then recording but it also it's been growing for years you know i've been playing with joel for 10 years now and uh, tara and i started playing together when when i was 12 like we've been playing together for over 20 years off and on of course but we started playing together when we were teenagers um so we all are gaining a, a better appreciation for each other and for each other's playing and a better, we're getting more and more inside each other's playing. Hmm. 
Uh, great. I, I want to get into this uh, Radiohead cover, the Daily Mail. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us how you sort of tried to capture that recording in a new way? Sure. So I'm a huge Radiohead fan, and uh, I'm actually in a Radiohead cover band uh, here in Toronto called Idiotech. And um, we've played actually in Montreal a couple, two or three times now at Club Soda. And uh, it's been amazing. That's, it's been really fun. Um, and so I, you know, I listened to their stuff a lot. I recorded 2 plus 2 equals 5 on one of my earlier quartet albums. And when I heard the Daily Mail, I just fell in love with it. I, I, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was 10 years ago. So um, I wrote a chart for it right away for the quartet. And um, I just liked how there was that really simple chord progression at the beginning on the piano, which is basically taken right from the Radiohead version. Um, and then I I thought, wouldn't it be nice to just let the bass play over this for a while, and just develop something, and then when it eventually gets into the groove, the melody comes in, and then that's pretty much it. We just play the tune after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, so the, the improvising on the song all happens at the beginning. Once the tenor sax comes in with the melody, then we just play the melody and, and let it go. And it's, it's kind of fun. It's an interesting one to play because, you know, when you hear Radiohead, you're like, okay, this is going to be thrashy. And it does get a little thrashy, but I play the whole song on brushes. It starts out as a ballad. Um, so it was kind of a way to take Radiohead and, I was going to say, spin it on its head. Just do something <laughs> a little different with it. Um, mm. But it's still true to the tune. I mean, we're just playing the tune. I didn't, I didn't write any new sections. I didn't overly arrange it. Um, I just tried to capture the, like, intensity of what they bring, uh, but in a, in a kind of mellow jazz setting. Does that make any sense? <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. Um, we'll get into that. Um, thanks for um, calling in. Um, yeah, we're, again, we're speaking about the record Rev out on Anzic Records. Um, do, you, do you have plans to tour Montreal anytime soon? Well, I'm hoping, crossing fingers, to be at the festival next summer. Um, if not, uh, I mean, I'd like to. I'm dying to get to Montreal. And I know I've, I've talked to some people who have said, man, you got to bring Turboprop to Montreal. So I'm trying to figure out where uh, is a good spot to bring a sextet where we can, you know, make some money and play to a good audience. Because <laughs> um, I would absolutely love to. I, I love that city, and I, I don't uh, get there as often as I'd like to. So, but um, if, if, if all goes according to plan, hopefully next year at the festival. Awesome. So, yeah, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep up with this album, Rev, and we will uh, <clears throat> put, our, put your name in the back of our minds for the upcoming summer. Um, yeah, thanks again for calling in. Uh, we're going to hear the Daily Mail and then uh, get back to our uh, programming here on CKUT 90.3 FM. Uh, thanks again, Ernesto. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.